Hi everyone, Ioni and Olivia here and we're so excited to be presenting the last episode of our new limited podcast series, Exploring Modern Identity. Made in collaboration with Monkey, The Skin You're In explores what it means to be alive today and the biggest issues affecting our generation. From period poverty to body positivity, gender and race, we want to know where the conversations are at and what we can do to move them forward. We're talking to the people at the forefront of these issues and acting change through their work and lives. So let's go on the last episode of The Skin You're In, Sad Times. Sad Times, but we've talked about so much good stuff. Yeah, we've covered absolutely so much ground and there's definitely loads more to cover, but it's a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Feels good. It feels like a good start. Yeah, it does. So for our last episode, we have Amica George, who is such an amazing activist, also an upcoming author. You probably know about her work with Free Periods, which is her campaign and organisation to end period poverty. We're going to be talking to Amica about period poverty, also about like activism, the stigma that still exists around periods, what we can like do to kind of advocate for change around period poverty the recent changes in the law I mean I'm just out like I'm outlining all of it now but we did cover so much ground and it's a really great interview so here it is and can't wait for you to hear it hey Amica hi hi thanks so much for having me thanks for coming on how are you yeah, really good, thank you. How are you guys? I mean, I feel like grateful to you this morning for actually waking me up because usually I would <laughs> not be in full makeup by 10 o'clock in the morning. So thanks to you for that. For anyone who maybe isn't familiar with you or your work, could you just give us a little bit of an introduction? Yeah, of course. So uh, my name is Amica George and I'm 20 years old. I'm a student at university at the moment. I'm going into my third year, which is really scary. But I'm also an activist and campaigner, and I founded a campaign called Free Periods at the beginning of 2017. Um, And it was triggered by me hearing about this issue called period poverty happening in the UK. And I'd never heard of it before. Um, I wasn't really sure what it meant. I did some research into it and was just absolutely shocked to find out that children in the UK were missing school because they couldn't afford pads and tampons. And, you know, I'm really fortunate I've never had to go through that myself. So hearing about it happening in the UK just really upset me. And then what upset me more was the fact that the government just didn't really, you know, even acknowledge it. Or I was just naive at the time. I thought, oh, like this is such, so outrageous. Like, obviously, the government is just going to give everyone free tampons now. But that obviously, that just didn't happen. And being a teenager and growing up on social media and online, I think my instinct was just to like post on, post on Instagram and tell people about it. And when I did, it kind of escalated. So I started a petition called That Free Periods. And yeah, it was a long, long battle. It was about two and a half years of campaigning and, you know, doing interviews and writing articles. We had a big protest outside Downing Street in 2017, where over 2000 teenagers came together and wore red and waved banners like with period puns on them and then we did a legal challenge where um, Free Periods became a company and with a board of directors and we started working with a legal team in London and we were basically saying that the government has a legal obligation to provide the products in schools and end period poverty because under the Equality Act all children should have equal access to education and if a girl or someone with a period can't go to school because she doesn't have the products that she needs Whereas a boy or someone without a period can, um, you know, go into a toilet and get toilet paper, soap, water, whatever they need to be able to go to school. That's that's a clear inequality. 
And so we started preparing for the legal campaign and working with the lawyers. But then in April of 2019, the government actually made the pledge and said that they would end period poverty in schools or attempt to by providing them for free. And that scheme started in 2020. But the way that it works is that it's an opt-in system. So every single school and college um, in England has to sign up and actually order the products that they need. So the problem with it is that obviously not all, all schools are aware of the fact that they can. So we're working really hard at the moment to encourage every single student to lobby their teachers and their head teachers and say, we want tampons and we want, you know, we want them now. And that's kind of what I'm working on at the moment, as well as the kind of stigma and taboo around periods, because that has a huge part to play also. And then in a kind of personal sense, I'm also kind of an activist and I've just written a book about activism as well. That was a very long introduction. I'm sorry. No, it's great. So impressive. Like like, literally so much stuff. I'm like, whoa. I know so much to dig into. I think it's really like something I didn't expect. Obviously, I've kind of been talking about this series to my friends or like people that I've just come into conversation with when I've been like, oh, we're doing an episode on this or an episode on this. And they've been like, oh, period poverty. Like, that sounds kind of gross. Like, loads of people still haven't heard the term or, and, not or, and. Um, uh-huh. Obviously, because I'm in, like, a feminist circle with, like, well, I would have, like, progressive friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think there was a huge stigma around periods. But when this reaction kind of, like, yeah, like, oh, period poverty, that's, like, a bit of a weird thing. Like, those two words together, it seems to really, like, put people like on edge a bit mm. how far do you kind of think we've come in terms of yeah like destigmatizing both periods but also awareness of period poverty yeah I mean I'm, I think both aspects like period poverty and the taboo are both slowly they're becoming more normalized in kind of conversation and more people have heard of them now than compared to when I started free periods three years ago but they're also just like inextricably linked in that the reason that period poverty didn't receive government attention for such a long time is because of the taboo because no politician you know really wanted to make a speech about periods in parliament and you know especially male MPs they just didn't really get it and when I emailed my own MP who is a man he completely ignored me about seven or eight times so I think I also have the same struggle as you um where I worry that I'm kind of in an echo chamber of feminists and activists and people who are really passionate about ending the period taboo or ending period poverty so I'm like well you know we've smashed that taboo you know that it's completely destigmatized everyone's posting about it on social media everyone's talking about it but then yeah every so often I'll just get a reminder because someone's like put something on Twitter like uh periods like why are you talking about that I don't want to hear about that and I don't know growing up I kind of just internalized that taboo I was taught at school in a lesson that you know a really a really nifty way of hiding a tampon is slipping up your sleeve and nobody questioned mm-hmm. that of course like we all just did it even though it was a girl's school, which is bizarre but um only, <laughs> only when I got older I actually like started to unpack it in my mind and I just thought like this is a completely normal biological process that half the world's population is going through pretty much every month like why can't we talk about it and it's just blood like it's just it's it's our it's kind of an amazing you know process by which you know it's the thing that enables all of us to reproduce and I think it should be celebrated I mean I I think we're a long way away from you know really celebrating periods but it would be amazing and 
to be honest, the free periods protest in 2017 did feel like a really groundbreaking moment because everyone was there because of periods and people were protesting against both period poverty and the taboo and singing about periods, doing speeches and like dressing up as, you know, tampons. Like it was, it was, I think we're, it's slowly moving forward. And the only way that we can actually tackle it is by talking about it. So even though it's uncomfortable and it is, it can be a bit like, you know, disgusting or gross at times, if you just like get past that and talk to the people, particularly the people who don't have periods about it, then that can like really do wonders in getting rid of that awkwardness and shame. Yeah. And I was just thinking then, I suppose what's interesting about it is that like, when you think of like different areas of activism or like challenging patriarchy or like any kind of, any way that anyone like is experienced being marginalized or whatever, Mm. is that a big problem so what we're looking at is like missed school because they're like embarrassed or they don't have like what they need to go to school when they're on their period and then so you've got to like challenge that but then to challenge that you have to then have the conversation with people who also don't want to have the con it's like you're trying to challenge a taboo and then hitting a wall because no one wants to talk about the fact that it even exists exactly exactly and the thing I find difficult especially because periods like in normal conversation periods are silenced and you know there's a taboo but in the political kind of arena there's like you know no one talks about periods obviously because they're not seen as a political issue and you know other than the tampon tax debate which started a few years before mine that campaign also did amazing things in kind of getting the word tampon into like a government bill but I think that's why I find it quite obstructive so obstructive at times because you have a parliament that's composed of I think 70% men and if they're not going through periods if they're not really if they don't understand the struggle then it's going to be really hard for them to actually sympathize with the girls who are missing school every month and you know feel driven and compelled to end that because they can't relate so I think it's yeah it's definitely like a two-headed beast the taboo and the the poverty issue that both need to be ended across the world and obviously my campaign is focused on education and schools but it affects homeless women asylum seekers uh, women in prisons women in detention centers like this is a it's far from being over um and we were really keen to push that message just because you know the government there are a lot of problems with the scheme and, and this scheme in schools needs to be scrutinized and improved and I think it needs to be enshrined in legislation as well because I'm constantly terrified that the next government will come in and just get rid of it we'll be back to square one it's also like one thing saying oh yeah well we'll make them available for schools but only if schools apply for them it's like even just now in the pandemic it seems that like schools aren't getting any communication from the government about how to deal with the pandemic so it's like assuming that they know that they can they have access to these products is like an absolute cop-out Well, and also that's just like adding more bureaucracy to schools when they're like overworked, underpaid staff, like who's going to be the one that applies, Mm -hmm. like fills out the form or whatever. It's just like making it more complicated for them, isn't it? Exactly. As of right now in September, only 40% of schools or less than 40% of schools actually have signed up, which is really disappointing. So as kids start going back to school now and um, everything slowly hopefully goes back to normal, we're really pushing for as many schools and colleges as possible to sign up to the scheme because every single school, state-funded school and college has the right to order the product. So they should be taking that up. And if not, I think it's up to the students to, yeah, be activists and lobby and, yeah, organise protests. 
or whatever to make sure that they get their menstrual products. How have you seen or like, do you know much about how the pandemic has kind of affected this issue? Because there's a lot of kind of conversations and research coming out about poverty in general, um, hunger and all of these things being very exemplified, like during the pandemic and the kind of consequences of that, their thinking being long stretching. So I assume that would also apply to you know, peer poverty and lack of availability to get these products. Definitely. Yeah. So really upsettingly, I think because of the state of the economy and the world since lockdown, period poverty became a lot worse. Like at the beginning of this year, the statistic was, I think, one in three young women had struggled to afford the products. And I think over half admitted to using toilet paper instead of period products because they couldn't afford it. Um, And so that research was done by Plan International UK and I think that was, again, like really hit home the urgency of having these products in schools so that the teenagers and young people who have maybe been unable to afford them over summer can at least get them when they go back to school in September. So, yeah, it's really sad. And I think it's a difficult time for everyone. And there's a lot of you know job instability and economic insecurity. And obviously periods and period poverty as an issue can just get swept under the carpet, which is really sad. We're kind of seeing now periods and sanitary products in particular weaponized by TERFs and transphobic people. I don't know if you saw the like Superdrug kind of scandal a couple of weeks ago where it was like Superdrug put mm-hmm. on their, I think it was pads, I can't remember, like they said for people who menstruate and obviously like transphobic Twitter went nuts over it. And especially like for our audience, polyester, I think it's kind of like important for us to talk about the need to include everyone who menstruates when we're talking about periods and like widen that conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what my question is. Olivia, can you think of a good question on my point? I just wanted to bring it up and now I can't think of a question. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I suppose that one way of looking at it is how, yeah, like transphobic people are using periods as an argument to be transphobic, essentially, mm-hmm. and like weaponizing mm-hmm. periods and how, well, how basically in that conversation like the activism around periods is like the it's the activism around bodies I suppose isn't it and like being able to mm. talk about bodies not in a way that's like really binary yeah that that makes sense I mean I completely agree I think it is disappointing that periods I would agree periods have been weaponized with free periods we've always been inclusive of everybody who has a period and it's difficult because in terms of the schools debate I think the government scheme has been good on kind of understanding that they need to be in boys' and girls' toilets and they should be available to anyone who needs them or anyone who has a period. And I think because the, the actual menstruation and periods is already so stigmatised, already so taboo, sometimes I worry, you know, that like it will be a long time before it's just normal to say people who menstruate and it's normal to realise that it's not just women and girls, that trans men and boys, gender non-conforming people, non-binary people all have periods and those marginalised experiences are often a lot more, you know, difficult to talk about, a lot more shamed in society. And so that's something that, again, it can only be tackled by conversation, by encouraging you know, I don't want to have to encourage those marginalised people to come forward and talk about their experiences. But, you know, we need to just talk about them generally so that they are more normalised in society. And I think that's somewhere that my campaign has definitely tried to be 
inclusive and uphold those experiences and amplify them but there's still a lot of work to be done for sure it puts like kind of another wall up right because if you're already like embarrassed or shameful about having a period and then it's like well here's another reason why you should be mad about it kind of thing because these people are you know like we're not allowed to own it or whatever transphobic people say which is just like a real shame I think more than anything it's a classic way to stop progress of like divide and conquer so like essentially what we need to do is make sure that people aren't missing school because of their periods because of either being embarrassed to be on the period or not having what they need to like have a period in a public place and instead we're arguing about yeah. wording <laughs> like <laughs> literally that is like classic a classic way to stop progress like divide and conquer completely I also was thinking I'm kind of really interested I think the main thing for me when I'm like when you think about like not having because obviously I was in school ages ago <laughs> ages ago <laughs> I was thinking like oh yeah school's like really hard anyway and you kind of think about these things and you can like sympathize with the girls in school but then I was kind of now I'm like shit because again like because it's so important that we're having this conversation about like actual physical products in school and like that is so important and then even once you got that now it's like knowing that the school can actually access these physical products that we fought so hard to get. I'm kind of interested in where the conversation is, like what happens to the people who missed school because of it. So like, is there that conversation of how like, well, we just need to look at the people who are missing school because they don't have, because they're embarrassed or they don't have the provisions they need to be in school and how the gender pay gap just massively exists in this country. Yeah. Like, is that conversation happening or is it, like, too hard to take that on as well? For the people who have missed school during their period every month, they're missing a really significant chunk out of the curriculum. They're going to be, obviously, and understandably behind on their learning. They're less likely to do really well on their exams and then get an amazing job and eventually break out of that cycle of poverty. So that's what I find just so devastating because this is obviously a gendered issue those people with periods are the ones who are less likely to go on and um and excel in life so it's not just that this is a short-term sad issue it's actually it has really damaging long-term impacts on young people who are going through it because it kind of will affect the entire trajectory of your life and have a huge you know it's, it's impossible to understand or like quantify the amount of like damage to self-esteem and confidence. I mean, I've got emails from students who have said that they were going through this at the age of nine or 10. And that's, you know, you're in primary school and you just think that's really going to stay stay with you for many years if that's something you're struggling with on your own every month and missing school because of it or using things like toilet paper or newspaper or socks, which are really unhygienic and dangerous and obviously so stressful to kind of create this makeshift product rather than using a pad or tampon. I think that another point of it as well, like it must just play into the the level of worth that someone has for themselves. Mm. If that one that they know that they're going to have to use something that's dangerous or that the school's not putting anything in place to keep them there. Yeah. You know, it's like even just like the conversation around like hygiene versus health. And how, like, there's just so many implications for someone who's experiencing, like, periods to question their worth, which, like, just further marginalises them. Completely. That's the thing. I think that's why for some politicians who might see this as, like, periods as kind of a trivial issue. When you really think about the impact and the long-term impact, it's so pivotal. Like, it's it has such a huge effect on someone's life. And if you fix this one small thing, I actually think 
ending period poverty or just you know, and ending the taboo also would have huge you know a huge impact on ending patriarchy and kind of getting rid of mm. this idea that you know these marginalized bodies have to be you know silenced and not talked about and not prioritized in the political sphere i think that's if you you know you had a government that really stepped up and said periods are important and they're political that would it would really have transformative effects and i think as a society we're getting there i think sometimes i think of like politics and the government is quite separate from the stuff that goes on um, on social media and with young people and in feminist spaces like periods seem like you know we've already got rid of that taboo we've really tackled that one but in society more generally they're still so stigmatized so it's kind of about yeah allowing those activist spaces to really infiltrate government and politics I think that might be like a gap that would be great to hear some of your like advice on how do we kind of take because obviously we're seeing so so much activism across social media in the last few months more Mm -hmm. than ever before even though it's obviously been something that's been going on for at least half a decade but I think definitely agree with you that there is kind of this gap where there's like it's socially acceptable across Instagram or within our wider circles but then there is a huge yeah there's a huge just gap into how our personal politics and activism on social media can then actually permeate policy and government Mm -hmm. change what sort of advice would you give to people who are maybe feeling like very impassioned but don't know how to like take that to the next step yeah I mean that's a great question and something that I've definitely thought I thought about and struggled with a lot over the last few years just because I think as a young person as a woman as a person of color like I think I'm not the kind of traditional person that you see in the political space. And I would definitely experience that when I had meetings in Parliament or like I had to you know, meet a politician. I'd get all sorts of looks like, you know, you don't belong here. And they're not used to seeing particularly young people in in those spaces because, um, you know, I was 17 when I started. I couldn't even vote. And there's just this idea in society and in government that, you know, young people don't care about politics they're not politically active and you know they don't care about social issues but then one scroll through Instagram you just see how angry and impassioned young activists are across the world and so getting rid of that divide is really difficult and one thing that I tried to do is actually use that to my advantage in that I think when you look at someone like Greta Thunberg for example she's incredible and um, so passionate and she's done amazing amazing things for the climate movement but the reason that she's so she's just become like the personification of a huge huge issue is because the media is so quick to be like oh my god this this young activist who you know here's one young person who really cares about a social issue isn't that amazing and you're just by doing that you're really normalizing this idea that other young people don't care Mm -hmm. and so so much easier I think for the media and for you know, adults with political power to latch on to this idea of look at this one inspiring individual. And I found that also with my campaign. Like, yeah. It's really easy to be like, wow, that's amazing. It's a schoolgirl doing doing politics. That's an easy, much easier conversation to have than the one that goes, what are we actually going to do about the climate crisis? What are we actually going to legislate to end period poverty? I know it sounds like I'm comparing myself to Greta Thunberg. No, then, not at all. I'm not. And it makes sense. So I think we need to get rid of this like, I did this shock and um, surprise when we see a young person who cares about something because often, you know, those are the conversations that are more worth having because young people 
we understand the urgency of these issues like like the climate crisis and like ending racism and white supremacy because I think those issues feel far more important to us than the ones that the government prioritizes you know so I think it's just about kind of really fully allowing young people into those spaces and prioritizing their opinions and experiences and like that narrative also just makes politics way more intimidating for anyone who isn't like a straight white middle-aged man because it's like oh yeah there's this Mm -hmm. one person but you can like see the amount of shit Greta Thunberg gets for example like the way she's just completely like decimated her character even though she's such a like she's a teenager and she's treated Mm -hmm. in these awful ways it's enough to put anyone off really isn't it a hundred percent and I think that's still a huge problem like um I'm really lucky that I haven't experienced like trolling in the same to the same extent but I've definitely had people you know talking about my gender and my race and my age like those are always the things that people want to pick apart and use to invalidate my campaign and say that I I don't have a right or the fact that I haven't suffered period poverty and saying I don't have a right to protest against that which I definitely disagree with because I I do think you can advocate um, for an issue and stand up for other people even if it's not your own experience and often with such a stigmatized and taboo topic it's easier for someone like me who can like help to uplift other people in one wider movement than relying on the people who have often experienced trauma or um, gone through a period of poverty at a really young age to rely on them and their confidence to actually advocate for an issue. Thank you so much, Amica. That was great. Yeah, thank you, Amica. She is fucking so god. What a legend. I know, an absolute legend. So... I'm just flawless with stats. I'm like... Yeah, seriously. Like, I don't even have one number in my head <laughs> at any time. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. I would be like, getting the years and percentages people would i would just be such a terrible politician it would seem i'd just be like throwing fake facts around left right and center so that rounds off the first season of the skin you're in we really really hope you have enjoyed it if you have please do leave us a review you can leave it on apple or you could just dm us on instagram basically tell us what you think we'd love to hear what you think and also what other topics you'd love to hear us explore if we were going to do this again or do anything similar and yeah thank you so much Thank you so much, Ione. Thank you so much, Olivia. And thank you to Monkey for being our amazing collaborators for the season. And thank you to Clarissa and Naya and Gina and Colin and Hattie and other Gina, Tonic and Izzy. And thanks for you, everyone who's listened and messaged us and shared and just been a general legend. Yeah, thank you most of all to all of you for listening. And we will see you, hear you, listen whatever to you on monday when our next obsessions episode will be out see you later bye bye